Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. This is the word of God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. <laughs> I'm actually more than a little tired, um, but I, I didn't think I'd be this tired. Um, but I just came back from an extraordinary trip to the Native American reservation out in Bishop that that our church loves. Um, I don't know if I'll have time in the middle of service, but the reason I was there was um, we have been praying for numerous years that, to bring a, a, a pastor out to Bishop, and um, there is a, a gentleman from, actually he's from the East Coast. Um, he is a, a youth and English ministry pastor, actually, and um, he has a day job as a nurse, and he has a younger brother who's, who is actually Indian, Indian from India, who is interested in serving Native American Indians, okay? I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. It's just, it, gets, it just gets stranger and more incredible. Uh, you got a Korean American guy who's in his mid-40s um, who met a younger brother in the Lord in nursing school. So they're both nurses, um, and they want to do medical missions and, and pastor and reach next generation um, Native Americans. And so that's why they're interested in going out to Bishop. And so they came out. And we, I just had, so I showed them around Bishop. We saw some extraordinary things. So I'm a little tired, <laughs> but I'm really joyful to be back and talking about um, just putting what it means to make kingdom dreams come to life. That's what Think Next, that's what this series is about. Um, kingdom dreams coming to life. And, um, and so let's get into it today. Um, today's passage, Romans 12, 9 through 13. Now, there's nothing especially very difficult about this passage to understand. We don't have, any, we don't have too much in the way of complex theology. Um, it's, it's about what it looks like. What does it look like? Um, when the Lord gives us dreams, a vision of what his kingdom could be like when his kingdom comes, as will be done on earth in San Jose through our church family. And we take it out into our city. We take it in, into our families. We take it to places like Bishop um, on the Native American Reservation. What does it look like? And so um, Today, in three parts, as I usually do, part one, genuine love, affection, and showing honor. Genuine love, affection, and showing honor. Part two, feet to kingdom dreams. We want to put some feet to kingdom dreams. Feet to kingdom dreams. And part three, um, I want to close up by talking about the gospel in a way that I'm going to call the, the heart of the divine humanity. The heart of the divine humanity. So let, let's get into this. Part one, genuine love, affection, and showing honor. This is what, this is the way, so, um, well, let's, let's, this is part three, and we've been going through this opening portion of Romans chapter 12, and to recap a little bit, the opening couple verses talk about what does it mean to 
Um, be living sacrifices. In other words, to make your life a sacrificial offering, a worship offering to the Lord for his kingdom, for his glory, so his kingdom can come. And we would, that's what we talked about in that first message. And in last week's message, we talked about, we especially talked about gifts. That everybody, in one way or another, you have a gift, and instead of like, Instead of thinking about, you know, um, you know, thinking that we're better than we are and we're, and we're always, you know, focused on ourselves, actually you're supposed to use that gift not to be focused upon yourself and to serve others and to help their gifts be unleashed for, again, Christ's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So that's what we talked about last week. And this week, it's just what does it look like? And it's not... It's really not that, okay, I can't, it, it looks like this, um, verse 9, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, um, that doesn't seem that hard, and you know, lots of people understand that that's, that's, that's a good way to be, we're supposed to live life, but how about verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Um, I'll just, just stop for a moment. Um, how many churches do you think can be characterized where this is happening, where this is a normal thing? Or how about even just inside of our own church, what percentage of our people um, do you think, and I'm, you, know, you don't actually have to say this out loud, but just think about this question, right? Um, practice love and it's genu- genuine. Or... Um, that we abhor what is evil and we hold fast to what is good and we have genuine brotherly affection. I'm not even sure you could say that that is true in a lot of churches. Um, I, don't, I don't know what percentage. Um, I don't think that that's true in 50% of the churches. <laughs> even 50% of the churches. That's even half. I, I think, I can't, I don't think you can say that this is true in well, maybe. I think it's more than half of our church practices genuine love with brotherly affection. I think more. Certainly in our congregation, I think that's true. Right? But that's because we, we really take this seriously. We take this word and we want it to come to life. And more importantly, that we know that it's not about us. And for so many people, when they see these kinds of commands... Um, they just think this is just duties and be a good person, and they just see laws, okay? They just see works righteousness, be a good person and try harder. And in our church, we emphasize very strongly again and again and again, it's not just that. It's never just about that. That it's always, it always goes back to this, this word, this most central word, the gospel. That it is always more about what Christ has done for us First, always, and then out of response, that's why we want love to be genuine. Now, just, just a couple other words. Um, well, what does this mean, let love be genuine? I, I think so many people think um, about feelings. <laughs> you know, we should have genuine feelings for you. I mean, you know, that's, that's right, but actually, in the Bible, love is always an action verb. <laughs> it's an action verb. And love be genuine doesn't necessarily mean you always have the, the most gushy, gushy, warm, fuzzy feelings, but it really means go out there, love, love be genuine. You will say, I will do this for, not just because I have a gushy feeling for my, uh, my, my brothers and sisters or my neighbors, but because I actually have love and love for Christ, love for his name, 
love for his grace. And so, because I have a real and genuine love for Christ and what he has done for me first, then I'll go out there and I don't necessarily have the, have the most deep, you know, fuzzy feelings for somebody's poor in, in, in my neighborhood, but I, I will give to him. Um, I will actually give and I'll practice a gift of, of, uh, of, of, of generosity. You know, like, well, that's what it said last week. To those who have a gift to contribute, give, right? And so you contribute to your neighbor, not with necessarily great feeling, but because you have genuine love for Jesus. Um, but all these things, if you look at these, they're, they're, these are pieces in one way or another that our faith, that, that Christ, what he has done for us through his death and resurrection, he's bringing a new heart and a new spirit inside of us. And, and um, some of us going like, when I, when I feel it, then I'll go and do it. <laughs> but actually, it's, it's, do you know, sometimes when you're the most genuine love isn't when you feel it. <laughs> it's not when you feel it. Um, it's, uh, you know, my, 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 my teenage son and daughter is acting in a kind of whiny, selfish, bratty way. And I, I just so feel like, you know, hanging out with you, don't I? <laughs> I just so feel like taking you on a daddy date when you're, you know, being a whiny teenager, right? No, but I do it. And so the day I take them on a daddy date, when they're being whiny and you do not feel it, <laughs> I would say that's the day I'm doing genuine love, right? Isn't, isn't that true? And so, uh, so often it isn't, it isn't when we're feeling it. It's that because, no, no, this is who I really am. I really am their father. That's what I really know and believe. Not because I'm feeling it, but then I will do it. And then guess what? You do it, and then you feel it. The power comes because you do it out of what you, what you really are about. And so, so then it says, Let, love one another with brotherly affection. What if you don't have a whole lot of brotherly affection? <laughs> you come inside the church, and you're in this place, like, I just, you know, I just don't feel much affection, so I'm just not going to do that, because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be real and authentic. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're going to be a real and authentic selfish person. That's what you're going to be. But if you're actually going to be a real and authentic Christian, you're going to say, I'm not feeling the affection, but guess what? Because, but I really, have, I really do know Jesus, and I really do love Jesus, even though I don't always feel it. So then I'm going to go actually try to show some brotherly affection. Hmm. Now, you know, we have, a, we, we have an activity that, you know, what, all this, this, um, this activities and this thing that we call Think Next, all we're trying to do in one way or another is help you think about your life is more than just your life. You're more than just my life and all the typical things here in this busy, wor highly worldly and highly like work-centric and achievement-oriented and like money and status things, and all the things that we are typically filled with. And, and instead, crack that open and let your, my life is actually be a part of Christ's life, his kingdom. And to, and to set our mind and, 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 and to think, what could life be like if we let his kingdom be part of our focus? And then put, and then put some actual actions to this. And so the, it, it, we, it, you know, the, the verse says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. And so you know, we're just asking you to take one little piece of that. And, and for those of you who walk 
um, with us in, through our small groups, you know, in our Gospel Life family. You know, we do this kind of thing regularly, um, you know, we try to anyway, and I don't know what percentage of the folks of who participate in, in our congregation really try to do the applications. But um, a lot of the times you will see the power and the goodness of God when you do things and apply, even instead of just constantly focusing on things we typically do. But like, so this, this card, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. I mean, that's, I mean, this is straight out of the text. And what we're asking you to do is, it's actually a really simple piece of brotherly affection, love, and show honor. Um, Write the name of somebody you know. And we especially want to sow this into our whole church. That's why we're doing this together. And so, um, do you know just anybody in the church? <laughs> okay, let's, let's put it this way. Let's say you don't even know their name. <laughs> you don't even know their name. You just see them serve. And you appreciate the way they contribute into the gospel, you know, the, the, the work of gospel blessing that comes out of our church. You don't even know their name. Why don't you just write them a note? You just know their face because maybe you don't know their name because they're in the Korean-speaking congregation, or, or you're, you're really appreciative of your son or daughter's teacher. <laughs> and so you don't even know their name, maybe. And so why don't you write down, I, I, write, that, write, write down the note, and then you go to your son and daughter, and you'll say, take me to your teacher. <laughs> or, the, um, or, uh, or, or, the, or the gentleman who washes our dishes after we have our lunch. <laughs> In the, in, in the, in, or um, you don't know the, the name of the person who brought our snacks after service, um, but you can write a note to that person. And then when that person, you see them, you can, you can hand I mean, this is, we're asking you to just take a little piece of this. Um, and especially for somebody not in this congregation. I mean, you know, we have various ministries in this church. And so take a piece of love and you're like, I'm not used to talking to and showing love to somebody who serves in the children's ministry. Right? Um, but do it. Try it. Um, and so that's what we're asking you to do. And um, I would like to uh, share with you um, just, just some of the things like, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, when I was thinking about this all week long, you know, I'll, just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I'm exempt. If actually, if anything, I, I, I should do. I should want to do this even more. So, so I would be an example, right? And I was thinking about this all this week, knowing that this is what we were going to urge you to do. So th- again, this, you don't have to take any complex theology. This, do you believe in the gospel? You, and you believe that you want Christ, this King, and what He has done for us by grace through the through His death and resurrection. That, that that would go out there and affect people's lives. And if you are, are that, um, you know, put it out there. And um, the person I was thinking of this week, I mean, um, uh, as, as I share with you, you know, Bishop was on my mind because I, I, was, I was in Bishop just, just uh, the other day. And, and I was thinking about, um, you know, I was, I was sharing with this, this, uh, this pastor and his younger, um, you know, his friend, the younger brother, the guy who's Indian. It's like this, this beautiful friendship between this Korean-American guy and this Indian guy. And um, sharing with them stories about how our church has learned to reach Native Americans. And the person that kept coming back again and again. So the person, I, I'm, so I'm just going to tell you, 
you know, I won't, I won't get to say all this, but I'll write her a note. But I'm going to tell you the person that I want to honor. Um, the person I want to honor, so you may not know her name, but her name is um, um, Eun-Sun Kim, Kim or uh, Kim Eun-Sun Kwan-Saneng. Okay, that's what we call her in this church, okay? So for those who, who, don't, who aren't familiar with the way sometimes things happen in a Korean church, in, on the Korean-speaking side, they have a title for women who, um, who are especially godly. You know, it's, it's not about having legal power. It's, it's actually far more important than legal power. It's about being godly, uh, a godly example. Kwan uh, Sanim is a woman that has been honored in the church as being a worthy, godly example. Right? And it's, usually, it's usually an older woman who has served faithfully in the church, humbly and given of her heart, um, you know, doing things like this, love, honor, <laughs> loving genuinely and using her gifts. And um, so she's one of my favorite people in our church, um, Kim Eun-sun Kwan-sa-nim. I've known her for many, many years. I mean, and she has been in this church for decades, actually. And um, I know her son and her daughter. And, you know, like, uh, it's, it's, it's an honor to see, you know, her son. Um, who, you know, he lives on the East Coast now. Uh, and I knew him when he was in high school. And um, a Kwan, that's what a Kwan-sa-nim is. A Kwan-sa-nim is a woman who has been honored as a, as a worthy example. And um, um, Kim Eun-sun Kwan-sa-nim, she goes to bishop every year, or at least for the last five years. I don't know how a number of years. She's gone every year. She's retired. She's an older person. Um, it's not easy for her to endure 102-degree heat. She has to wake up early, very early in the morning. So she, every year she serves on the kitchen team, which is one of the hardest-working teams. They have to um, make meals uh, at times for more than 100 people and at a place where it's 102 degrees outside, and um, you may not always get the best sleep, and you wake up early. And so she does this. And so here she, she's, she, I'm not sure how old she is. I think she's in her 60s. Uh, um, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure her husband's in her 70s. She may be in her late 60s, just a guess, okay? And she goes every year. And she is a really good cook. Um, and so uh, she's a very good cook. That's her talent. And last week, it, it, it's this, the, the scripture passage, we're talking about gifts. To those who serve, serve, right? Um, she has a spiritual gift to serve. She is a tireless servant of God in this church. She has done so many things in this church that isn't up front, that don't make her famous. That's why you probably don't know her name. Um, but she should be famous. Honestly, she should be famous. In the kingdom, she should be famous. Um, and she told this testimony this past year at Bishop. Um, she comes out to serve tirelessly. She cooks this really great food. She, she's like, she, 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 to, to the kitchen team, she tells, you cut this, you cook this, you go shop for this. So she's not even just a good cook. She just knows how to like make, bring it together. And um, she, she put her eyes, and so she has taken the spirit where when you go out to bishop, you're not just there to do a task, to cook. You go there to be a part of what we call the Jesus-centered family. And she knows that a lot of the young children who are Native Americans don't have home-cooked meals from their moms because mom is a drug addict or dad is not around. And so she goes there to be a Jesus-centered mom, 
and to offer this food and to wel- and to and to, to welcome people into our church into our the life of our church so we could be a Jesus center family and so she she told this story of how the first year so we, we you know we have a, a, a young man in, in on the reservation his name is Michael Michael Barrows and she said the first year he wouldn't even come inside the church building at, on the reservation. He would just ride his bike outside, but he wanted to be in the, the midst of our, 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 our church family, right? And then the next year he would come in and he would eat meals, but you know, he wouldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> and one by one, she, cause, so she knows him, she sees his face. She recognizes him every year. She's glad to serve her Jesus, like, like a loving mother in Christ, using her gift to serve him. And this past year, Michael gave the, the prayer <laughs> for our meal, and Michael led one of our ministry teams to go into the next reservation down, you know, 20 minutes south of Bishop, and introduced people and just said, he, he, he was leading this team. I mean, we're, we're talking about a kid who couldn't even come into the building a few years ago. And, and um, Kim Munson Kwansanim, she said that, you know, to see a kid who couldn't even come into the building a few years before, because we keep doing this work to offer him the Jesus-centered love and then the gospel, and then to listen to him pray for this meal in front of all of us people, in front of us and in front of Native Americans, she said that was just... That was an like incredible thing for her. See? That's, that's like, there's rewards. <laughs> but the rewards don't come, they're not like worldly rewards. <laughs> it's not like money or like that kind of, or fame or status. It's, it's a thing that you do for Jesus. <laughs> and you do it for Jesus by, do, by doing something for like a nine-year-old kid whose um, mom has has drug and alcohol issues. And then four years later, you see him start to blossom and his humanity just completely start to change. That's, that's the gift. And she knows that this is what it's like, right? And she never asks, she, she, she never asks for, she doesn't complain. She, she doesn't, um, she doesn't rebel. She, it's, not, it's never about her agenda or her honor or her glory. She does it for Jesus, see? This is what it looks like. That's, so that's the person I want to honor. And I'm going to scribble a little note to her and go up to her and say, what's her name? I want to, you're, you're the person I want. I want to do this thing next for. See? Is there somebody? And obviously I know a lot of more people inside the church um, but one of the things we're trying to do is help you see this is, this is what it looks like when God's kingdom comes and his will be done in San Jose, <laughs> in this building, in our church family, on the reservation, wherever we go. That's what it looks like. Um, let's go to part two. Um, feet to kingdom dreams. Uh, we asked you to start thinking about this and you know, I, 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 yesterday I was reading the board. <laughs> you know, I was reading all these little, fla- you know, I took little pictures of this and I was reading this. You know, so I, I took pictures of it so that I could think about it when I was at home. And, uh, and it's, re- it's, it's really, <laughs> it's actually deeply gratifying to see. I, I actually wish there was more. I mean, the pastors, when we talk about it, we wish there were twice as many, three times as many cards up there. I wish it took me a, a lot longer, but, 
but it's okay, you know. Um, there, this it doesn't, you know, this, just because we're there at Mark Card doesn't mean that we, you know, we think it's bad. Um, we know that there are kingdom dreams in your hearts, but just some of them are actually just plain funny. Um, one of the, I, I think it's, I think it's a kid, right? Said um, his kingdom dream was to make the church bigger and taller. <laughs> and, and I said, taller. I was like, I hope, I hope none of the short people in our church, like, 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 like my wife, doesn't see that. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, there, there was a, there, there's, and I, again, I think it was um, um, one of the kids in our church said that his kingdom dream was to become a venture capitalist. <laughs> we really do live in Silicon Valley, right? <laughs> to be a venture capitalist and, you know, to like, Take his riches and use it for Jesus, or something like this. I was like, <laughs> "Read this!" So like, <laughs> like, I I didn't even know what a venture capitalist was until I was 21 years old, and most of you probably still don't know what a venture capitalist is. For those of you who don't know what a venture capitalist, it's it's a it's a very very rich person <laughs> who uh, gives seed money so people can start companies. And so usually their motivation is, I'll give you $5 million, and hopefully your company will blow up, and I'll be worth $500 million. And it really happens. This is really what venture capitalists do. And so that's his kingdom. I thought that was kind of like, most people just want to be a cop <laughs> or, or a doctor, you know, or, or maybe if they're a little bit more like, you know, like, um, you know, gospel ambitious, they say, I want to be a medical missionary and, and heal people in Africa or something like this. But, but uh, I guess we really live in Silicon Valley. We have venture capitalists for Jesus. Um, we had other kingdom dreams. Um, um, we, had, we had some who talked about their family um, knowing Jesus. Um, you know, one of our, our, our youth... Um, you know, she actually wrote her name down, so I actually know who it is, but I won't say her name. But she specifically said, I want my friend to meet Jesus and worship God. That's what she said. And so um, you all have, you, we all probably have that. You probably have at least one friend. At least one. I hope you have at least one whom you dearly love. They don't know Jesus. Huh. And they certainly don't worship God. And that's a dream. Um, you know, as I said, there are some, there are a number of people who talked about their, their job and their career. Uh, some said, I want to do biomedical and I want to use that for the kingdom of God to heal people. There are many people who talked about the, the poor and, and people who are hurting. Um, there are some who said inside of our church that we could have deeper unity and that um, across generations that there would be deeper love inside of our church. You know, that's, that's, uh, that, of course, that warms the hearts of the pastors because <laughs> we, we long for that all the time. And to just see even a couple people say that that's their dream, and if that's their dream, guess what? And then we give you better, not just permission, we literally, this isn't permission to go chase that dream. We're telling you from the scripture, it's a command, <laughs> Use your gift, do these things, put, make your love be genuine, and then go out and do things to make your love genuine. Um, don't let your zeal wane and go do these things. And um, so for the middle portion of my sermon, as I was thinking about the sermon, um, 
It was difficult to prep this sermon, not because the, the content was difficult, but because there's just so many. What we wanted to do in, in this sermon is to just give you pictures and examples and just like ways you could live this, we could live this out. And so we have this dream of the kingdom, and what can we do using our gifts, some like, like Kim Eun-sun Kwan-sa-name, she has a gift of servanthood, and she's a really good cook, <laughs> So what does she do? She takes, she makes her love genuine. She cooks, and she takes that thing, and she puts it at the feet of Christ and gives it to those people who need it, like Michael, Michael right, going all the way to bishop every year. Um, so um, just, just pictures. Just, um, there are a number of people who want to see their friends um, know Jesus, um, last year, around this time, we started a series on evangelism. We culminated that series with a, a dinner that we called the Seekers Dinner. <laughs> and then afterwards, we invited those people who were seekers and to have a seminar to do certain readings and explore the gospel and worldview. And, um, and the two people came to that Seekers Dinner. I mean, you know, it wasn't a huge turnout. Two people came to the dinner. And uh, one of those guys is saved. <laughs> then he came to the Seeker Seminar. And then he started coming to church. And then he's now in one of our small groups, the GLF. And if you talk to him, he will say it was all of it. <laughs> it was the dinner where my questions were answered. It was the seminar where some of my doubts were dispelled. It was seeing the genuine love of the people and them like struggle inside their faith to uh, have real repentance and to spur one another on inside of the GLF and hearing God's word and just it's like all those quarters were dropping into his heart until it overflowed into, into born-again faith. And um, that brother is going to get baptized soon, in, um, I think in a couple months. And that... That is real. <laughs> um, and there are people who are, if you, have, if you have a friend or a coworker or a family member, um, that dream, for, those, for, for, the, for the couple who invited that friend into the, right into that seeker seminar, that dream just became real. <laughs> you understand? That dream became real. And it's going to be very, very real when he's going to stand right up here and get baptized and give his testimony. You will see that that's not a, it, it just stopped becoming a dream. It became a reality. And we urge you that, you know, you have that kingdom dream. Would you do that? Would you keep praying for that dream to be real? And then use your gifts to, to, to make it become real. Um, how about, a, I'll give you another example. Um, about unity and cross-generational love, we have a, we have a, I, we know people in this church who um, send texts to our college students that are you know literally thousands of miles from home, and one of the the kingdom dreams was that um, they would put Christ before their studies or for their worldly ambitions or even or certainly of course before their partying, <laughs> and they'd have a, a spiritual life more than just a worldly life, and. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's a dream. And, um, and we know some of you, some of you have opened up your houses. Some of you have taken some of these college kids out for coffee, <laughs> uh, initiated real conversations. 
Some of you are here in this first service because you know how important it is to help walk with 14-year-olds and 17-year-olds and 21-year-olds and that we could have real Jesus-centered love across generations, which is, that's right, that's the mission statement of our church. And it's happening. It's getting real. And um, so, like, the, 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 the reality of that dream, to just give you the example is, uh, is, is, and he's not here because he's off in college now, it's Calvin. Huh. I don't know if you know, so Calvin comes from, his family's not Christian, and his parents don't know the Lord. And somehow, some way, one of our youth invited him to church, and this kid started coming to church on his own every week, most weeks, um, when he was in high school. And then when he got to college, he kind of fell away from our church, and then I think for a while he fell away from the Lord. And recently, you know, he, he tried various different churches, and recently... He's, he came back. This summer, he came back. He said, I, I, you know, it was like, it was like homecoming. <laughs> and he even went back to Bishop, which he had gone to uh, a couple years. And, um, and then to receive the love of his older brothers and sisters. I mean, he, you know, we did this, this college group in the summer. And some weeks, the attendance was sparse. He was there every week. <laughs> and so... I just to encourage some of you who are pouring yourself out into the next generation. Here is a kid who some of you have invested in since he was like 15 or 16, and now that he's 21, 22, it's there. It's there. His conviction is strong. And um, actually, he was. He had. Frank and I used to pull our hair out because we knew that his faith was real in Jesus. But for some reason, he was always always reluctant to get baptized. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you believe in Jesus. It's time for you to get baptized, man. And uh, he was like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm ready. We're like, you're ready. But, but he, he, apparently he wasn't ready. And this summer he said to me, I'm ready. I'm ready. So um, I'm not sure which, we haven't picked a, a, a Sunday for that to happen, but that's what's going to happen, right? And so, these dreams, we put feet to their dreams, and then it may not happen right away. And you may not see its fruit and its power for a few years, you know. And um, for any of you who've known Calvin for a number of years, I'm telling you, this summer, Calvin just went to a whole never, another level of faith. Walking with him week in, week out, I was like, you're just at a whole other place, aren't you? At a, at, a, at a depth of conviction and power in his heart. It's just in a whole other place. Um, I'll give you one more example before I get to the close of my message. Um, I was sharing with you that I, I, I was at, uh, um, at Bishop. You know, um, well, uh, there was a couple of cards. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll give you, this is, I'll give a little, this is, I'll, I get to uh, um, brag a little bit about my daughter. I know the, the, the person who wrote that card is my daughter. <laughs> Her kingdom dream. And she is a Bishop veteran. But she, so this is something that, um, you know, Eldrick Park, Deacon C.S. Kong, um, Damon and I, we, we dream that this will happen. <laughs> we dream that there will be another generation that won't just go to some faraway place at some odd, exotic culture and go, I did my mission thing for Jesus, pat on the back, come home, and now like it doesn't affect them when they come home. So like that's something we do over there, because so many churches, that's how they think about mission. They think about this gospel mission happens over there to those poor people over there. But then when I go home, I'll just go back to my so-called normal life. And we dream 
that the mission that goes out onto the reservation over there will reach the reservation over here. <laughs> Just because they're a little bit more visibly, the, the poverty is more visible, doesn't mean that this isn't a, a reservation with tremendous poverty. <laughs> It's just that the poverty isn't about money. You know, like, like I've shared, we, we have rich kids in our city who cut themselves and are suicidal, literally kill themselves. They don't have a poverty of money, but they have incredible poverty of God and of life and of hope in here. And we dream that there'll be a generation that'll raise up and they could take the gospel and so my daughter, so this just completely blew me away. In the first week when we were talking about <laughs> kingdom dreams, she, she, we actually, we were sitting around the dinner table, and that first week we we're supposed to talk about worldly dreams, and then you talk about kingdom dreams. And everybody shared their worldly dream. And then, and then we had to go to piano lesson. <laughs> so then, you know, but Elizabeth was like, we, well, we didn't get to do the kingdom dream. <laughs> and so she was kind of complaining. I said, well, we didn't have time, so we'll do that tomorrow. So she hops into my car, and she goes, okay, Daddy, do you want to hear my kingdom dream? So she can't wait to tell me this thing. <laughs> so we're driving to piano lesson. I mean, piano, is, it's a five-minute drive. In the middle, she goes, I want to take the things that we do in Bishop and do it for rich people. <laughs> and that's, that's what she put. I was like, rich people? What, what do you mean by rich people? You know, you know, like people like here, like normal people, like San Jose people. That's what you mean by rich people. In other words, comparatively, we are rich in the world to, say, Native Americans on the reservation. But she knew that we were poor, <laughs> apart from Jesus. And the things that we do, we pass out flyers. <laughs> And we have, you know, like attractive events to invite, you know, people who, who know nothing about Jesus to come into. And then we cross cultures and we go into a whole other culture. And she has practiced this in this, and in her training. She's gone on to, you know, she's done VBS for the Indian Church, for Spectrum Church, actually. The, some of the people at Spectrum Church know her because they remember her. Because she served and helped pass out flyers for their VBS in Milpitas. And she's literally done it. So she's, so she's connecting the dots. That's her kingdom dream. And so when my 12-year-old daughter, I mean, she like complaining, like she got to tell me this thing. I'm like, and the listener's like, that's your kingdom dream, huh? <laughs> and, and this was an incredible thing. She goes, wherever, whatever city I live in in the future, I, I want our church to do Jesus-centered family stuff for our city and for our neighbors and for the people who don't know Jesus. That's what she was saying. That's her dream. And um, I tell you, that was, a, that was an incredible five-minute drive. <laughs> that was an incredible five-minute drive. Um, I want to thank those of you who are children's uh, ministry teachers. Um, my daughter, she just absolutely loves the children's ministry. And, of course, now she loves the youth ministry. Thank you to Frank her, as her youth pastor. Um, and, um, you know, for doing this, you know, this thing, next thing for her, that's like, that's next, <laughs> that's next. Um, to close my message, you know, so many people read this passage, let love be genuine, da, 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 do this, do this, be like this, don't be like that. And they just hear a litany of law. <laughs> and 
they, they have this cynical, oh, this is just religion. All the religions are like this. And, but they're not. And they're like, well, that's true, because you, be, you could be a Muslim. You could be Mormon. Heck, you could be just a secular atheist, and you can go, oh, well, of course we should all love. It's just be a good person. And, but deep down, we don't do it. And if you could just tell people do these activities and then everybody actually do it, then you wouldn't need a savior. We wouldn't need a kingdom of God because the kingdom of man would be a good place. Right? But there's this, you know, this is just a tiny little problem called sin. (laughs) And all of us are so fixated on the kingdom of me. And the kingdom of my kingdom and the kingdom of man. And the things of God are so distant or, or, or it's like a little piece of like powerless religion or just duty and law. And the way, you know, and you, you, a number of you, you maybe have heard me put it this because I love quoting Martin Luther on this. Martin Luther, the way he talked about sin is it isn't just about breaking rules and commands and laws. There's something so messed up in our hearts, our soul, <laughs> He called it the incurvatus of the soul. That our soul does not reach out to, to fully embrace the love of God, the glory of God, the beauty of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. Instead, it's so fixated on this little tiny thing, my life, my kingdom. Our soul is curved in on itself. And so fixated on all these little, these tiny little Things like money or like promotions or like being looking good and having good hair and, and, and having a six-pack. I mean, you know, these are the things that we, we're so fixated on because our soul is curved in on the kingdom of me. But, but the glory of God had to come from God. God says the glory, my glory, my beauty, my holiness, my love isn't just for the Holy Trinity, <laughs> It's for you. He made human beings to be filled with that glory, to be in the image of God. This thing that, 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 that Luther says that human beings are fallen and sinful in the incurvatus of the soul, the curved inness of the soul, not reaching out into the glory of God. He's, he, that is actually now we're making ourselves into the image of the devil. That normal life, the normal habits of our life is that we take the human, well, I'm really going to just do the glory of my own kingdom, really is just making our life and humanity into the image of the devil, because that's the devil. The devil's spirit is to cast off the glory of God and seek my own boasts, my own pride, my own comforts just about me. And so the Lord Jesus came. And he did things like loving lepers and eating with prostitutes and challenging the rich, but ultimately spilling his blood. And when that blood comes out, you know what's coming out? His washing, but also his beauty. It's love. It's all these things. Let love be genuine. Love one with brotherly affection. Outdo and showing honor. You know who first did that? Jesus first did that. He came to show us what the most genuine love looks like. 
He came to, we want to honor him. He came to honor us before we would honor him. And he would honor us all the way to the cost of his blood of his life. He would do anything and everything that it took so that the devil inside of us could be washed and redeemed and die with him on that cross. And, the, and we could really be human and have the real love of God. We could be really human and the image of God. And we can begin to actually practice this, not as a cynical piece of, of duty and of like law, but only not because of, I'm going to do my religion and then I'll go be a good person and then, and then I'll just have my kingdom, but because of an incredible grace that came from an incredible king. And so then now we just urge you, you take these small pieces of faith, have a kingdom dream, and take your gifts, like Kim Unsun Kwan Sanim. And I pray that, that my daughter, when she grows up, she will be a mighty woman of God like, like Kim Unsun Kwan Sanim. And she will be the one that, that spills out, you know, her gifts in San Jose or in... Chicago or Hong Kong, wherever she's living in the future. And, and, you know, her kingdom dreams will become real, you know, because of the Jesus has come into her life and made her human in the image of God and that's the image of the devil. This is our hope. Would you, would you, you know, no pastor can do this. I mean, we can't do this. But if we walk together as a Jesus-centered family, and let his kingdom come, his will be done. Through his grace, his gospel, this, more and more of these incredible things, these kingdoms will become real. <laughs> these dreams will come true, and the glory of God be manifest here. Let's pray. Thank you for um, the mighty, incredible persistent, steadfast woman of God, came in name. Thank you for um, those who want to make our church, well, not just taller, but bigger. <laughs> um, thank you for Alan, who has come to know you. Thank you for all the people who have loved him and prayed for him and served him and blessed him. Thank you for Calvin, all the teachers who have loved him and um, served him, for Frank, for Joe, for the youth retreats, for all the things, for the youth retreats, for the steady love, for opening up their houses so that college students can come in. Um, thank you for answering our prayers, Lord, and um, opening up, I mean, this incredible thing that maybe in, next year Bishop could have a new pastor missionary, Lord. That, that's looking like it might be very, very real soon. These kingdom dreams are coming true, and you make them come true. And you make them come true by first giving 12-year-olds and late 60-year-olds faith in your glory. And your spirit comes into our hearts, and we, and we begin to obey you, Lord. Not out of duty, but out of faith, out of grace, out of hope that your kingdom come, come and will come as we follow you. And so... We pray that this Think Next series would have great fruit. I pray that our brothers and sisters would gladly fill out this yellow card and, and do a little piece of honor and brotherly affection. And 
this would spur us on more and more, and New Hope Church would be a blazing, bright, shining um, a, a lamp in a city filled with darkness and hurt when, they live, when we live apart from you, Lord Jesus. And so we pray for that. We pray for you to be honored, be magnified as we obey you and seek you. In Jesus' name, amen.